It is the Flurza Experience, a show about Gwent, and so much more. I'm joined by the Punchkey Prowler, Pavel Burja. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I, that that summarizes me perfectly. I love prowling for Punchkey. Perfect. Did I spell it correctly on the script? That's the other question. Uh, yes. Perfectly. Woo! Yes, yeah. not a very intuitive way to spell it because it has it, it, it doesn't spell like it's, it sounds in, in Canada or in, in English, but yeah. I'm glad that I got it done. So there you are. You are the Ponchki Prowler. Perfect. Hello, Flake. Hello, everyone listening. This is episode nine. Episode nine. Yeah, we're, we made it. We're close. We're very close to those double digits. And um, what I want to say is that I, when I was when I was in high school, I had a very good friend of mine by the name of Luca, and Luca's father owned a few restaurants, like Italian restaurants. And I remember him. He was discussing. We were in an economics course, and he was talking. That the teacher was talking about how most most restaurants fail within the first year, but if you've crossed the ten year mark, you're typically you're good forever, so to speak, like you're established. So we're almost there. We're almost at that ten mark, yeah. which is. I think good. that applies also to other businesses. Like people say that you know, when you whenever you start a business, if you're if you keep it afloat for ten years, I think the first ten years is when you're trying to make even on it, and then after the ten years, you you can gradually actually actually go up. So. Yeah, after episode 10, it's only, you know, we're going to get a million sponsors and uh, we're going to be famous. Yes, that's the plan. I, I completely agree. I mean, um, the the production people behind the show, like 983 Media and Gwentfinity and whatever, like they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah. like 983 does have sponsorship partnerships and et cetera with other shows. Uh, and, and we're angling slowly to get something uh, involved in here. Maybe... Maybe the you know what maybe we get the coffee sponsorship because I, I recently got a coffee sponsorship. Perfect. Maybe we throw in the coffee sponsorship onto this show. I think I'm gonna talk to those people uh, and maybe we get that we can get them as like the. Uh, but there's always blue jeans. But you know. Yeah, there's always blue jeans. We always got that going for us. But yeah, uh, the plan is uh, yeah to to make this a whole big thing, a uh, new thing. Um, after we're gonna make it with Flake, I'm gonna quit CDPR. Flake is gonna move over like to Poland. Yeah. We're gonna buy a house and uh, yeah. We're gonna live the best life. It's gonna be a big best studio. Fun. It's gonna be me, you, uh, Geralt, and uh, Dominica, who will basically be losing her mind on a daily basis. Yes, on, on a daily basis with us uh, two idiots running around. <laughs> that's the name Perfect. of our. That's the name of our new show. Two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think we have good energy together, so of course it will. It's, it's a matter of you know, it's gonna be a success like instantly. I'm not even worried about that. I'm not worried. I mean, let's be real. The, the thing is, we just need to get together to combine our energies. We're we're kind of like, it, like we're the Infinity Stones. Like if we're if if we combine, if we're together, then we are so much. We're like the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Summoning our Dagon-shaped Megazord. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's that's the yeah that's that's that's. That's why I can, Dagon I can is totally not here. Imagine that. That's why Dagon hasn't appeared yet. Is because we haven't been together. So yeah, and we, we haven't, haven't summoned him. Yeah, we haven't been together for like two years, and when we do, that's when Dagon comes back. Exactly. Shh. Or we do the Dragon Ball fusion, like we we go like this, and you know, and then we uh, become 
an ultimate version. Of the the floor is our ultimate. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So what, what do we got going on this week? Um. So last week we talked about Batman. We we're supposed to talk about balance, but we didn't have time for balance. So we're gonna. Yeah. We're we're gonna talk about the scary B word, which is balance, of course. And uh, we're going to take this on. And um, yeah, maybe we'll we'll give some ideas when it comes to adjustments to the game. Although I don't feel like I'm super qualified, and no, I always say that. We're not. But, you know, <laughs> most of the people who give their opinions about balance aren't qualified and based it off their sole experience. So I think we're more than qualified uh, based on just playing the game. And yeah, that's, the, that's, that's what's going to happen today. And as always, we're going to kick it off with a brand spanking new Dagon rumor report. And I will say this, I had a lot of fun writing this one. So I can report that a long-range probes that have been tasked to scout out the neutral zone between Federation and Romulan, oh, Romulan space have relayed uh, very important information. That information has been corroborated to our allies in the Klingon homeworld. Whoa, whoa, Klingon. whoa, 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 Klingon, whoa. Klingon, sorry, Klingon homeworld. Klingon slipped there. Klingons are cool. Uh, you've been you've been watching Picard or something? That's, I have been watching Picard. Yes. <laughs> now I get it. Uh, uh, Q on us. Uh, I probably whoa, whoa, okay. I, I, this I probably not... didn't. I'm so, not a big Trekkie. So the first time I wrote this, I wrote it like phonetically, so you would basically say it as I spelled it. But it's it's then I was like, no, no, no. I want this to. I want to write it as it's actually spelled to see how you pronounce it. The uh, homeworld of Konos. 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 Yeah. Homeworld of Konos. We have cross-referenced the data with Vulcan top scientific minds. Of course, the Vulcans are the smartest in the, in the universe. Uh, to confirm, with only 0.043% margin of our sentence, Dagon, 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 Jesus, Dagon, Dagon, isn't happening anytime soon. Yes. Man, you make these like tongue twisters almost. I <clears> try <throat> my best to just incorporate as much geekdom into these as possible yeah, so kudos to flake for these yeah well so we've done i think we've done a star wars one we've done a lord of the rings one we've done a star trek one i gotta i'm probably gonna do like a marvel one next week and we'll see nice. what's what uh yeah you that one's gonna be easier lord for you rings. i think the lord, lord of the rings, rings one was great the council of oh, Elrond. by the way um we really liked your second article that just dropped on channel fireball if uh, for those of you that haven't uh, check it out really really cool um how to uh, pretty much about playtesting with a group when you don't have a group so um and i love of course how you just the, the intro to the article is just epic it's just epic <laughs> well thank you so many references it's I just try, so good it's like my casting right i like to inject a lot of my personality so you know it's me you know that like this is a flake article because it basically kicks off with a reference to star wars and lord of the rings right so um yep that article basically which is yeah it's on channel fireball and it's it's called how to improve i mean the the article specifically is for how to improve at flesh and blood without a testing team because since there's no digital client practice is very difficult to come by so if you don't have people at your disposal to you know to improve with but a lot of the concepts that i, I write about in the article uh can are, are very um you know they're translatable to uh, and relatable to to Gwent and such too. So if you don't have people to practice with, obviously you can just queue games and queue games. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, just some of the concepts in there are are definitely worthwhile to check out. So I do appreciate yeah. you bringing that up. I think I think it's always something that in any card game will will kind of come to your mind. Like you want to get better, but you also want to bounce off your ideas off of other people. Like that's why like I even know like a lot of groups or Reddit's or even Facebook groups that I. That's, you know, like focus specifically 
on the archetype that I'm interested in, and I see just people going there and kind of showing like, this is what I'm currently playing, but would you change? And it's always, you know, it's good to, but the other thing is just testing actually, because when you have the base knowledge, some things like, for example, when I'm playing a deck, I see some things working for me, but then I'm like, maybe I would swap this. And then someone says, swap it for this. But then that card doesn't really like fall into my play style, but then I change it for something else. And then I'm testing and testing. I think it's a, it's, it's a mixed bag of things. Like you need to look at how you're playing, what you're trying to achieve, how you can make the deck better for yourself and then test it, test it, test it. But yeah, it's always good to test it with, with, with other humans who can like, right. you know, when I even go into like a local game store, like LGS, just to, just to play some games, like I like opponents that I go against that, you know, when we're playing magic, they come back to me with feedback, like you forgot here a trigger or when you're doing this, remember about this. Like, of course, some people take that as criticism and might take it, take it in a bad way, but I feel like Whenever someone is giving you constructive criticism, you're learning from that. And also, I feel like whenever you're playing any match and you really want to perfect, let's say, a deck that you're playing or archetype that you're playing, always like look back on that and like think about, okay, maybe I would switch this, maybe I would switch that, maybe I shouldn't play this, my sequencing was off, maybe I should have played this before that. So these are all kind of things that, that people need to take into account when we're trying to get better. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, in limited with limited resources, I mean, if you don't have anyone to play with, imagine like, you know, you have, you're, you're just on your own. The, like the best thing you can do is 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 perfect the variables that you, you have access to, so to yeah. speak. So if you don't have, if you can't test your deck against other decks and, and see how it runs, the best thing you can do is to understand the, just to the, right down to the DNA of what your deck wants to do. So that exactly. way, at, at the very least, you have that to rely on. By eliminating as many variables as possible, you can at least see the bigger picture as clear as possible. So, um, yeah, that, that article was, was fun to write. It was mainly because it's, it's something that I have always been, uh, or, or up until most recently, it's something that I've mm -hmm. always had to deal with on my own. And obviously, there's the internet that helps. And a lot of the card games that I've played have digital clients. But back in the day, when I used to play um, like Star Wars or, or whatnot, there was no internet, yeah. you know, to play this yeah, stuff. You so, didn't have that option. Yeah, imagine you that. You could go friends. to a game store, like to play, but that was that was the only option uh, yeah. at that time. Or you can get get together with friends and play. But you know, it's always hard to find the time. But you know, that's good and convenient for everybody right that's correct uh, so if you want to check it out it's on channel fireball the article is by me matt DiMarco. thank you very much there's a couple of them that i've written and a few more that are going to be coming out over time but uh noise 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 indeed all right so uh it, it was quite a week in gwent history as we are going to go back into the way 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 back machine and this one this one goes way way back but we're going to start with in 2020 this week in gwent gwent hit Android phones. And what I remember about this was at one of the opens, I believe it was in like late 2019 or early 2020. I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think it was late 2019. I showed off or I, I made reference because I think Android, uh, sorry, uh, iPhone, like Apple devices had it already. And I yes, remember, first. yeah, I remember in my ear 
while I was doing the broadcast next to McBeer during like before the match where we're talking about some of the news and stuff and upcoming things, somebody spoke into my ear and said, oh, you can tell them about Android. It's coming. Like it's confirmed. So I yeah. pulled out my phone and I said, ah, it's coming too. I do remember that a long time ago. But uh, this yeah. this week in Gwent, and I will, I will say this, it did significantly improve my time at airports by being able to play it on my phone and my time in the bathroom uh both of which both of this were which were way more productive (laughs) yeah normally that's 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 the places you would play like it's funny because um whenever you talk about having the you know any card game on your on your mobile device people talk about you know using it on the toilet like yeah it's just normal all right come come on i'm pretty sure i hit legend in hearthstone on the toilet. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that, the TMI, that is, perhaps. That is an achievement. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, that's the beauty of just being able to play like quick, like nine to ten minute games. It's like perfect. Like I had, uh, I was rank one with full stars. I'm like, let's give it a go. I don't think I'm in any more place that I can feel more comfortable and isolated and and. and <laughs> And then right here, right now, in my apartment in Toronto, yes. I was like, "Let's do Fortress this." Fortress of solitude. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's it. There's like no distractions here. Like, yeah. let's go. I'm like, I have everything I need. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just to just to kind of uh, jump into this, yeah. Every time we like, I mentioned this previously with the iOS launch, like. Whenever we go live on mobile devices, so it was first iOS and Android, the number of players that started coming in was crazy. And it was funny because um, actually the player base really changed with the introduction of, of, of mobile devices. Because um, I used to jump in and look into, I still do from time to time, um, the comments that we get on Facebook or the DMs that we get on Facebook via uh, Gwen, so which card game. And uh, I remember there were like people asking about like very, very simple things like how does this card work or what, what am I, when am I, when am I supposed to pass and like, like very, very trivial, like entry level beginner questions that started coming in just when we, when we added the game on mobile. And you kind of start seeing that it is a different target group altogether. It's it's not something that you know the, the, the you know the, the PC player base. Let's say it's the, I mean it's the PC master race you could say. But when it comes <laughs> to CGs, like people who play on PC, well they're the ones that you know they perfect connection, perfect graphics, smooth. Everything needs to be perfect. The cars need to be big and visible. And I kind of I kind of feel like I cannot really play card games on my phone because I feel like it's just too. It's too small of a device, and I feel like the cards are very small. I don't know if it's just me getting old. Like I don't, I don't need glasses. Not, 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 nothing. You know, to anyone who has glasses or, or anything like that. Yeah, but, I am offended. Yeah, don't feel offended. <clears throat> and uh, you know, in this, and like, it feels kind of. Eh. I like playing either physical or playing on PC on the big screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's more comfortable and like there's a lot yeah. of things going on. The amount of times that I've been on my phone at an airport trying to, you know, I'm trying to direct a Brockfar Hunter ping on the right thing. And yeah. like sometimes it's difficult. Like I don't know if I have, I don't think I've got like, I've got like these skinny little piano fingers, but like, <laughs> and I'm able to just do it. So it's no problem. But to me, I'm like, what if somebody 
didn't have like these skeleton fingers that I have. Like, what would happen then? So yeah. iPad. I mean, is, we have players on opens playing on on on, on mobile yeah, devices, right? Brave. So you totally can do it. brave. The, give my yeah. regards to their balls because that is a brave move when the I stakes are high. I have a lot of anxiety just just being worried that I you know miss point on something and yep. do the wrong thing. Well, we've seen how yeah. when uh, uh, several tournaments ago, when I think it was Bart, uh, who <laughs> played with a trackpad on his laptop and misplaced his tunnel drill, and yeah. I'm like, that is a that's a technolo- that's a technology shortcoming. Like that's not the fact that you you knew what you were doing. That wasn't a misplay. That was the yeah. fact that the equipment used was not quite up to par. So I am with you, man. I need like multiple screens. My I need my comfortable chair. If I'm going to be yeah. jamming games, which I did this week, I, I flicked on my stream for the first time in I months. I saw. And uh, yeah, you dropped in and that was very kind of you. But um, Of course, dude, always. Went in there and just pure dumpsterization. Uh, people still thinking that mill is a viable thing. Like, get bent. Just to but get you're at- playing with alumni. I mean, come on. Damn right I am. Absolutely, I, am. <laughs> I need to get back to pro real quick. I took I took like six weeks off of the game, so jumping back in, I'm like I decayed back down to like rank three or something. I'm like I gotta I gotta wow. get my uh, my stuff together. I gotta get back. I'm in rank pro ten rank. currently, so yeah, decay to <laughs> rank three. Oh. Um, for the record, somebody did scorch me, and uh, I thought of you. So uh, uh, you know, I always think of Beautiful. you. Beautiful. All right. Uh, 2017 was the quote-unquote positioning update, and what a lot of people don't understand is that there was a time back in Gwent where you could not decide where where on a row the card can go. It just went to the furthest right <sighs> spot of the game. So imagine that. Imagine not being able to place a unit where you want to place it. It was just front yeah. row, back row, middle row. That was all the decision you had. It would always default to the rightmost position. Being able to wedge a unit between two other units. So think of all the other um, you know, abilities and, and, and really the, the, the latitude that that gave the game in terms of design space when you could just put a card wherever it was. Think about crew abilities. Think about, you know, adjacent, like boosting adjacents or, or, or things of that nature, you know, like Melusine abilities, etc. You were not able to do that back in the yeah. day. So this was a massive update that occurred in 2017. It came out as the positioning update. And that to Blessing me... Blessing and a curse. It, well, <clears throat> blessing and a curse. I mean, I, I think it really, along with no longer having Rolock, I was a fan of Rolock, to be honest with you. I really was a fan of Rolock. And there is some sort of quasi Rolock now with certain abilities only being utilized on melee or ranged rows. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I really like how that has been dealt with up to now. But positioning update to me was, was kind of cool. The fact that a lot of people do not realize that you did not choose where that unit went on a row. Yeah, that's that's how it was, and and I also feel that it was with that update. It was the beginning of what we have in Gwent now. Like there, we were trying to limit you when it comes to like which row you can play a unit. But here, now we kind of have that in some way. Like if you place a unit on a specific row, it does something. We also have now conditions that if you place a unit on this row, but you also have something else, you can place it on this one and the other one, and both things will trigger at the same time. Um, example, Teruviel, that uh, I'm currently playing in the Waylay deck. Oh, like she so has that, that double thing if you if you have uh, if you have one of the commandos, right? So it makes it makes total sense. But this was like a very early beginning of what we wanted to to do with it. And yeah, I remember like Art being you know, only playable on range at that time. And uh, 
it made kind of sense, but then we also f saw that there were some problems with that. Like you pretty much were, if you were playing everything on one row, you're, you're, that row would get filled. And then you will have some cards that you want to play later, but you could not play them because there was no place for them. So also from the strategic kind of approach to the game, like you could not leave all your best cards till till the end because you would be, you know, you would get stuck sooner or later. So um, yeah, it was an interesting update. I think it was one that it was kind of like a like a stepping stone from which we could go a little bit higher and make the abilities a little bit more better from that point on um but yeah i remember there was like a lot of changes i was like four six no even more pages like i oh. i have the change log in front of me because uh yeah eight pages of changes so i mean there was there was a lot of stuff going on well, that's Plus some a, fixes and stuff like that. <clears throat> and the 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 here it is, everyone's favorite thing. The introduction of the taunt system was also part yes. of this. So now you can go ahead and and say things like, uh, I, you know, like uh, I don't know what some of the, the the most nasty taunts were, but they're there. You know, like uh, that was rather impressive. Congratulations, down the, the line. Bingo. <clears throat> but I'm looking at this list. Every single faction has like a dozen to two dozen changes like yeah it's and general fixes like this was a massive massive one like this was basically but again i think at this time the game was still in like closed beta if i'm not mistaken yeah. closed or open beta so lots going on lots going there on there was All a right. lot going on at the time balance True that balance pavel Bergen. now we want to make sure that you Ooh. understand one or two things first because i if i'm gonna if we're gonna dive into balance because you guys continuously hound us with balance questions given the fact that we tell you right out of the gate that we are not qualified to, to give you answers on this because we're not part of the balancer design team we're part of the well pavel's part of the communication team i'm some exactly. stray dog that he continues to let inside his house that's basically my uh <laughs> that's like my uh um i think you know more about balance than i do to be honest I will say I, I okay look yes that that I I mean uh, I have played probably a lot more than you because you're more mm -hmm. involved in the communication side and that's I mean that that's the truth now in the past six weeks I have I have not played a lot at all I mean that's just that those are just facts the last game I played I played like I played a round of um I did a, a I did an arena run and I I went seven mm -hmm. and zero on my arena run and that was it like I I so the last time I played Gwent was on my birthday back in January I played and streamed and I was having a, like a really really terrible fit of depression like it was really bad and and streaming was definitely not helping in any way not helping, yeah. so I made a conscious decision to to just not stream anymore and mm -hmm. i do not regret it at all i do not miss streaming at all in any way <laughs> shape or form but what i did miss was gwen and and so i think sometime in february i i fired a, or early march i fired up a gwent stream to do an arena run just because i was mm -hmm. feeling like doing an arena run and i went seven and oh and i'm like i retire as champ like i'm still exactly. good at the game and then um after this weekend Ending on a high oh big time high like it was great <laughs> and, and like i had just enough of my fill of gwent and reconnecting with some of the the wonderful people who jump into the stream and say hello and, but that was it i just did my seven games i played for like two or three hours and then i i packed it up and you know went back to just enjoying my life of obscurity and going you know and and whatnot <laughs> i mean you have a lot of things going on right now I so do. I'm, I'm not surprised man i do yeah, i think you have more than a back full because i know you like you since we have similar similar personalities we like when there's a lot of things going on when there's multiple things happening and when we can bounce from one thing to the other and kind of you know there's there's just 
there's this constant tempo of stuff uh and yeah i totally get that oh it's necessary it, it keeps me it, it keeps me i don't want to say distracted but being busy allows me being productive allows me to just you know feel self-worth to, and, and to feel validation and, and such and that's something that is you know i've always struggled with but ultimately um i fired up a stream yesterday and you know, I, I played some of the decks that Shinmiri recommended, um, and we just continued onward, and, and, and I just kept playing. And there was some great, like, great, great decks that I played, one of which I have to give full props to Tia. Tia's list, the, the elf list that you recommended. Uh, it's really good. And she was in the chat as well, and I don't know if she stuck around to see me absolutely wallop with that deck, but that deck is delicious i am so yeah. on that list and today as we're recording this it is wednesday the 23rd when i'm done with this this later this afternoon i'm gonna fire up another stream because i'm itching to nice. play that list again I, and like i said playing gwent and streaming gwent are two different things i always i, I i've had a, an itch to play the game for a while but i i've time and and, and scheduling you know, conflicts has been uh, difficult. I've been very involved in, in flesh and blood in the development of that game. Mm -hmm. And this past weekend, I was in Indianapolis doing the casting for their major tournament, the uh, their their major like um, like you know localized sort of. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called, but they're like they're it's like an open, let's say. So I was yeah. doing that, and I as soon as I got home, I got home late on Tuesday on Monday night, and. Tuesday morning rolls around. I had a couple interviews to do and stuff. And then as soon as that was done, I'm like, fire up Quent. Let's go, baby. Nice. Back on board. So that was awesome. But yeah, like we mentioned, balancing the game is not our expertise. That's not what we do. But you guys constantly, every single time we, we try to field questions, ask us about balance questions. So we're just going to, in one foul swoop, one big swing, just discuss balance. And I wanted to lead this off by talking briefly about how absolutely ridiculously difficult it is to balance a card game. Please, everyone, drill that into your minds and yeah. staple it to the floor because I promise you that you think you know how to balance a card game and I guarantee effing to you, you do not because there are yeah. so many more things that, that are up in play than just, than just tweaking a provision by one or two. Please exactly. understand show me, that. Show me a card game. Show me a card game that did balance right, like 100% right when everybody's happy. Like there is always, there's always something. There's always an archetype which you feel like is underloved. There is always an archetype which is OP because, uh, and it's it's difficult also to say because it might be OP for you on your rank where you're playing, or or you just get pitted against something because it's something that people are playing at, you know, at, at a given time. And then the meta shifts and they choose something else. And that other thing is, is broken now. And there are things that you've been playing since the beginning and you can't let go. And uh, you feel like that needs more love. Like balance will always be a living thing. And I think also with balance, you will never be 100% happy. Any card game that you're playing, you're well, never going to be 100% happy. You, as an individual, might be 100% happy, but that's a, that's taking it from a very subjective point of view. When you have to understand that are there are hundreds of thousands of other players playing the game who might not be happy because, like, in order to okay, so let me just address something. When you say that there's like what other card game, you know, had had it down pat and balance was good, well. I can I can maybe pull up certain examples. For example, like okay, you know, maybe within the first 
you know, first few months of Gwent or first year of Gwent when it was just whatever. Maybe it was slightly balanced. But every card game that you can potentially say, like, you know what? This card game was balanced. Hearthstone, when it launched, was balanced. <laughs> Hearthstone, when it launched, had like 150 cards. So yeah. it's not hard to balance, um, balance a, 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 you know, that many factions with that many cards. But as you continuously add variables to the equation, it is going to feel more difficult. It is just giant equation and you're adding X's and Y's and A's and B's and C's and all kinds of other, you know, um, um, uh, various different. Unless you have standard rotation. Okay, I was gonna get to that. Oh. I was gonna get to that, but I I, I, I want to I want to save it because that's part of the okay. Q and A. And somebody asked a question on Reddit that got downvoted, and I I am such a fiend for picking out the questions that get downvoted because Those are the best. Absolutely. By the way, the dude who uh, the dude who asked the question about uh, wheels or doors. And was in my chat yesterday. I think it. I think it was, and thanked me for answering the question about wheels and doors. And I said, "Dude, I got Always. you. I got you." Because if I get asked about premium we thrive tokens, on those. <laughs> totally, totally. You know what doesn't thrive on those? Arcaspore. But still. Oh. Ooh. But I just said, I'm like, uh, I get asked if we get asked questions about premium tokens, we get that that question every day. Uh, ask me about wheels and doors and stuff. So like, that's what I. That's what we want to get to. Okay, so. <laughs> The balance about this stuff is that the, as more variables get added to the equation, it's incredibly more difficult to 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 um, to make sure that each side are equal. And not only that, yeah. but how many? You know, like the one thing that I, I always hear is, is like, when are we going to revive X Y Z archetype? Why can't all archetypes be viable? Equal. Do you know how many Equal. archetypes there are? Like, let's let's just go down the list. Ooh. Like, and I'm not talking about just like the main ones, like faction-wise. Like, they're like, well, do you want spies to be a, a viable? Do you want just in one faction? How about spies assimilate soldiers? Um, you know, like swarm tactics, things of you know, like a, a, a mill. Uh, hyper thin. There's like a dozen archetypes in each individual faction. No. Do you? Do you honestly expect them all? Do you honestly expect like 40 different archetypes within the game to be viable? It would be a pipe dream. And I agree that that's something that everyone, every card game should strive for. But please understand that when you're talking about the, the, the viability of a faction, the viability of a faction typically has to be at the expense of another faction as yeah. right, what people typically cry for is not balanced necessarily, but they want their faction of choice to be Yes. To be good. But if their faction is good, it's because it's beating other fa other archetypes. If their archetype is good, it's because it's beating other archetypes and if they're if so what about the people who are getting their archetypes get getting their ass kicked and they're suddenly they're like, "Oh, so what? Mill can get good, but a soldier's can't or wild hunt can be good, but you know, um <laughs> the trees can't or tree ants can't or harmony can't." Yeah. Like I get it. There's so much out there that can be explored but you cannot have this influx of cards to pump up every single archetype to have them on an even keel it is not possible yeah. it is not possible just from the sheer thought process of if we identify all the all the the major archetypes that are out there you're probably going to pull out about 25 to 30 of them and if you want them all to be supported that means you need to print probably two cards per archetype and then that means that you're not you're not fleshing out anything new and you're not creating yeah. anything neutral exactly uh i have to agree here with you like if you look at how development kind of kind of works um 
you either focus on, I mean, it's very hard to focus on two things, adding new content and new content that will improve and develop existing archetypes. And you cannot do it in a way in which you like make all the archetypes on an even level. Like, for example, I cannot imagine us dropping a patch in which uh, we're doing stuff for harmony, we're doing stuff for symbiosis, we're doing stuff for uh, traps, we're doing stuff for dwarves, and we're, we're enabling all the archetypes at once. That's, that's totally not possible. Like, we were trying to do these things when we were introducing card drops in order to, you know, introduce a new mechanic, but also try to address the ones that are already in the game and give them some new toys and tools to play with. But then, that's why we kind of took it slower this year, saying that, okay, we need to stop a little bit and we need to be coming back to existing archetypes and making them better by tweaking the cards which are already there that have kind of fallen behind once we were introducing new stuff. Because, you know, you, you will see cards that we have currently and then a new card come in which has a similar ability but better. So, of course, you'll choose that one if it's neutral for sure or if it's, it's in the bounds of your faction, you will go for that one. But if not, you will, you know, you, you always want... Also, the problem in Gwent is that you have your favorite characters there. So if you have a favorite character from the Witcher universe, you want the character to be good. And there are cards that are kind of falling behind. And you also want them to be, you know, used a little bit more. So that's another aspect that kind of plays into this. But I feel like what you kind of said, like you cannot have a update or balance, you know, done in a way where everything is on an even level. Because if you look into this, like you mentioned uh, an example from, from Nilfgaard, right? But think about having six other factions and yeah. look, like having in all of them multiple archetypes in which you need to bring them to a certain level. That's very hard. It's also very hard to test um, based on if you have, a, I mean, having the balance team that we have, which consists of a number of, 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 of individuals and plus a, like a whole QA team for testing that. Like that itself already giving so many things at once for them to test and to play around with is, is, is super difficult. And, and, and like injecting, like the whole thing of injecting like new cards and how one or two cards can change how you play a specific faction and what's going on within the faction and the balance within that, it like shifts totally. And I don't think many people like kind of think about the impact of these like changes i also love like whenever we do balance they're like oh they just uh, took one provision and gave one power that's nothing that that's 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 a lot that's a lot that especially is a lot. If, you're, if your deck building consists of provision costs and if your leader ability enables you to you know add more provision that makes you you know think about how you build the deck and you built the deck totally differently and it's a lot of things same goes with power yeah with damage it's it's all you know it's all one big bag of multiple things that are happening at once and you can't just say do this and it will work because if you do this something else might fall short but if you if you do this some you know this might be totally op and the other stuff might be not usable so there's so many variables here well let's think about it this way you know and i'm, I'm just gonna use a couple examples but when the crones were eight provisions 
they didn't see a sniff of any meta. Then they got exactly. busted down to seven. Suddenly, they're in every monster deck to a degree. Mm -hmm. Same thing with old school Witcher trios. The one, you know, or when they were first introduced in the in in, um, in, in Homecoming, they were in every deck. And yeah. then they got they got their power was was nerfed by one, and everyone's like, "This is unplayable." So it's not <laughs> just about one or two provisions here or there or whatnot. There's such an intricate balance. And you mentioned, like I talked about Nilfgaard. You talked about Scoia'tael, and you left out a lot of very important um, yeah. uh, archetypes. You left out movement. You left out uh, mm -hmm. hand buff. You left out um, uh, elf swarm. Like these are all. Extra Think about this. Like there's a lot. Of course, there's easily there's easily five very prominent archetypes per faction, plus about three to four fringe ones, um, yeah. and then so if you want every single archetype to get love, and I know what you're saying, you're probably listening to this right now and saying, yeah, but what about one? Let's just focus <laughs> on one. Okay, but that's the one that you want. But what about Joe Schmo and Judy Schmoody? Who, I don't those are names I've made up. Uh, if your yeah. name is Joe Schmo or Judy Schmoody, uh, I apologize. <laughs> but what about these people who are like, yeah, okay, but what about Reveal? Or what about, um, you know, what about uh, like more hyper thin or more this? Or how about more soldier support like everybody yeah. wants their own little pet project to get support and i agree because i've been dying for plants for four and a half years now <laughs> but that said i am promise you that you can't have it all and if you get yeah. what you want you're going to be satisfied and then you're going to look at all the other people whining for their own little uh little little taste and saying like okay what are you guys whining about we just got some that <laughs> you know like so please please understand that every 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 card set that that gets busted out needs to be needs to maybe you know prop up something that's been failing be it mm -hmm. you know um, uh, relics or this or that or, or insectoids or swarm or whatnot. Everything's going to get a little bit of a kick in the pants uh, or, 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 or rather something's going to get a little bit more spotlight than the other factions. Doesn't mean that the other factions are just, you know, whipping boys for for the rest of the meta it's that it's not their turn yet and things no. i get it that some things are, are desperate to get uh to get help but soldiers was a viable archetype for a while same thing with aristocrats same thing with you know um so keep in mind that that your view of the meta might be a little bit more microscopic than the grander scheme of things because you may not have been there two years ago when those archetypes like soldiers and soldier swarm was leading the charge and leading the yeah. pack so you were not there for that and now other things exist movement for example was pretty good and then traps became more viable and this became and that and whatever and relics relics were kind of laughable for a while because it was all about yeah, swarm and frost was in and out and Keltulus and control so so balance is, is a delicate thing but you cannot you cannot just go in there and and just supercharge one expansion by giving everything something new because keep in mind no. if if everything gets something nothing changes if everything gets something yeah. good then it's going to be the same thing because that reveal archetype that you've been dying for help with suddenly got a few tools but so did you know um so did relics uh or so did um uh you know firesworn or this or that so it, it's it's a delicate it's, it's so delicate and it's so fragile that yeah. It plus, I think it's fun. Like, I think it's fun. Sorry to cut you off, but I feel I feel it's fun if you're if you're changing something 
like we're doing balance on a monthly on a monthly basis and with each one we're trying to uh go back to things and, and make them better like with this one uh we looked at you know uh white frost so that got some changes so the frost archetype for monsters saw a lot more play especially on lower ranks and we kind of we, we saw that uh we made changes to to waylay and the elven swarm like we've seen like a huge huge rise in that deck and that deck is being played a lot right now I was talking to the balance team last week on Friday, and they even said they're looking closely to it because the play rates currently on waylay decks is just is just too good and too like it's something that they have on the radar. It's like rewind, uh, which I told them. I told them to look away, look away, <laughs> nothing to see here. So that's you, the choice you're yeah, looking for. I just I just picked up this deck, so let's just like chill for about a week or so before yeah. we yeah. But and uh, we also looked at Firesworn and stuff like that. So we're we're enabling these archetypes and giving them a chance to come back. And I feel like it's good for a player to have this variety on a monthly basis change a little bit. Of course, there are decks which are still being played, like like the alumni deck that you're playing. There are people still playing Lock. There are still people playing Mill. There are still people playing Clog and stuff like that. But you know, and those are decks that perform to some degree, of course. But then looking at the new toys and the new stuff that we bring to the game like it gives you something new to do on a monthly basis and i feel like that breathes already and you know a, l a little bit of fresh air and energy to the game because you know it's it's changing it's ever changing monthly changing and you don't have to be stuck playing the same thing over and over and i know it's it's hard because you might have a favorite deck and then you know one month is great the other month it's worse because it gets some nerfs or some changes happen to it or another deck uh, becomes more prominent with which is a, like a direct counter to it like i totally get that i have the same thing when i'm playing elves maybe i'm not playing on a super high uh rank but still like there are decks which i know that I, when i'm going against them that they can counter me so hard that i can't you know that if they stop you know my my pretty much uh spam fiesta from from going online then you know I'm out and, and that's you know that's that's bound to happen. This is a card game. A card game is a I feel like it's a living entity that has its own meta, which is gonna be changing. Either it's on a monthly basis, we also see things change within the month itself. Like let's say there is really an oppressive deck or archetype which is dominant within the meta. You will instantly see players like reach to cards which they normally would not play just to have hard counters for what uh, is causing you know the biggest trouble at that time and that's kind of the beauty of the card games because you're able to create something to go against the tide or people create meme decks people create maybe not competitive decks but fun decks to play and they and, and you know and and they're creating their own kind of meta and they're having their own fun with the game so i don't think we should be always when it comes to card games we should not be stuck like 100 we're only playing this because it will change. Like I've run numerous times into situations where I had my beloved favorite decks in, in Magic. One month passed, card got banned, whole deck flew flew away almost, right? And it was gone. Like it was the most, of course it was the, the best thing, but you start thinking about it, this deck was super oppressive and nothing could go against it. It was just super dominant. That's why it's gone and, and it makes sense, right? So there's a lot of things that needs to be you know taken into consideration here. I, I completely agree. Now, this is not to say that archetypes 
and balance is not should not be priority one i honestly believe that balance should always be priority one but of it's course. A, it, but the problem is is this is constantly evolving and adapting it's like the freaking borg like you might fire your phaser at the borg you know and and nail it and like all right we're balanced then the next one shows up and you fire your same phaser at it and it's like they've adapted like oh no they like it's adapted. ineffective we need to you know re reharmonize the frequencies on our phasers okay star trek star trek I, is i still i still remember the the saying we are the borg resistance is futile it's just so so good <laughs> yeah, yeah so exactly good. we are the meta balance is futile like that's exactly. kind of where we're at at this point um but but listen to everybody who's constantly out there you know just sort of banging the drum of balance 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 is inachievable keep that in mind it is inachievable it it is not achievable in any card game there will always be a constant flux of adaptation of metas and players who are yeah. constantly looking to to break the particular tide that they're swimming in in terms of what decks are strong and whatnot and i feel like sometimes there's a little bit of onus on the player base to actually i don't want to say figure it out yourself because there are always going to be cards that need tweaking here or there but for the most part if there's a particular deck that you don't like sometimes the answer's out there and it's not up to the developer to just go in and and turn a knob because that deck annoys you if you if you're swarm deck keeps getting dumpstered by i don't know like a skellige control deck maybe don't play that deck it's not that your deck play is bad else. or the other deck is op it's the fact that you just keep trying to fit a square peg through a round hole and it's not going to yeah. work and i and that is definitely part of it now again People are like, you don't get it. There are clearly some overpowered cards out there that need balancing and some weak stuff that needs boosting up. Yes, but it can't always all, be. It can't always be done at the same freaking time. You, you're trying to balance an equation of 800 variables or 800 or 1,000 variables, however many cards there are. And that is inachievable. It's an inachievable thing. Okay, like, do you guys remember the quadratic equation? There's like four <laughs> variables in that monster, yeah. and that's difficult enough to figure out, but it's doable. Now, picture that thing on steroids with a rocket ship up its ass. That's basically <laughs> what balance is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Plus, uh, I think it, it, like, coming back to what I was kind of saying, like, it also lets you try different things. Like, you don't, you, can, you don't have to be stuck in your way playing the same thing on a monthly basis. You can be checking out other things building different decks maybe you also you know maybe you want to like build a deck that you're having trouble going against because you can learn how to play it or you can see what you can do with that deck in order to counter it maybe there's 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 like so many things that you can be doing instead of just being stuck in your way saying like no i want this deck to be better i want this card to look like this Fix it, and yeah, like you said, leave it to the developers. They they have to figure it out because this is the only thing I'm playing, and you know uh, they have to fix it. It's it's out of my hands, right? Uh, essentially, um, but that said, it's it, it's it's something that I feel is constantly being strived for. The fact that CDPR, you guys are, are really just you know putting out very frequent balance patch updates and, and something that is a very important thing to do as well and again it's it's just the series of knobs and frequencies that you guys are constantly tuning but whenever you're adding more cards and adding more content that again that just disrupts the the uh, you know what the equation even looks like you're throwing in more variables to it so it, it's difficult but keep in mind that it it's 
if if you want to achieve that balance, it doesn't mean a balance is not necessarily that everything is on the same keel and it's just a straight you know line that that horizon that that horizon is perfectly flat. Sometimes you're going to have a, a a peak, but for every peak there needs to be a valley a valley, and and in yep. that case. When everything is is evened out and averaged, you're going to have a balance. Now, obviously, you want that valley to eventually become a peak and you want that peak to become a valley. But if everything's even, Stephen, that is just unattainable. It's just not possible. But it, you need to look at it from a broader perspective. If it was just this gigantic peak and a series of small valleys, that's not good. But if there's going to be several peaks and several valleys over time, those are going to shift and change and you're going to have what looks like a better frequency for everybody to tune into and that 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 harmony is going to be a little bit more palatable to your ears uh to use an analogy there but yeah now, balance is this difficult was, this was something that jason also touched upon um it was currently posted uh also i saw it on reddit like he said there very openly like if you guys would like us to have everything to balance like we can make this uh, a boost and damage game and it will be balanced the same way that chess is like 100 balance but would you guys want to really play that? Would that be fun for you on a monthly basis? Well, I reckon I reckon not, because what's the point of playing if you can understand the outcome based on if you're going first or second or the cards that you have in hand? I mean, some people like decks that are super consistent, which is good, but some people just like to play around with the cards that they have and the, and the hands that they, you know, that are pretty much drawn. Like, I feel like still deck uh, like Gwent when it comes to deck building and uh, the, the amounts of cards that you draw and uh, the possibility of thinning within the game is is very good because you're most likely almost able to catch all the cards um, that you want to have like you get to play your best golds easily or you get to tutor for them and it's not like you're playing a 60 card deck and you get mana screwed like you have in different uh, card games and if you're like from a consistency standpoint, that's that's also good. But you know, you you won't always have this perfect scenario where you have all the good cards that you want and your sequencing is perfect and you're playing everything like it should be and you're not you're not going to be always realizing that you know to a one hundred percent manner. And uh, when it comes to balance, like th those are things that we also need to take into account. Is like what's your probability of actually drawing into these cards? Because sometimes you just don't draw the card that you need and then you don't have an option to get it from anywhere else. And, then, and you also learn from that. Maybe I should have thinned here. Maybe I should have played this round a little bit longer to get more cards out. And then, you know, mulligans, and maybe I would have a bigger chance to get, into, get, to get to that card. Like there's multiple factors. Or maybe if my opponent played in a different way, I would be able to do that. So all these things kind of are fun in the card game because they're, they're, they're very, you know, people say it's RNG and stuff like that. Well, this is also why we play card games. Like we want to have fun and we want this variability. We don't want everything to be cookie cutter. I play this, I play that, I play that. Everything resolves, everything works and I win. Well, if that was the point, then we would not be learning anything from any card game that we play, right? Spot on, spot on. So, um, yeah, if you noticed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we didn't attempt to balance any cards because, again, like we mentioned at the top of this whole segment, is that we're not good at that and we're not even going to attempt it. So don't even try <laughs> asking. Gale needs, needs, to, needs to be balanced. I'm saying this on a weekly basis, on a weekly call that we have with the balance team. Please buff Pofco. That's my yeah. that's my thing. Don't look at Waylay. And I want Gord and Scorch to come back what they used to be. And those are my petitions. Those are my like weekly petitions that I always say. And they always like get out of here. Pofco <laughs> Gale four provisions, eight uh, eight strength, ze uh, zeal, uh, 
Um, Veil, Shield. Yes. Um, what else we got? Um, it also has an ability where it says cannot be the target of uh, of, of Scorch or Scorch or uh, or Curse of Corruption or, or anything like that. And is does not count cannot towards banished, Igni. Cannot be destroyed. Yeah, there you go. That's our balance, and that's why you shouldn't trust us on this stuff. Okay, Easy. that's our topic. We got the uh, question Beautiful. and answer period coming around the corner. So, uh, would you like to kick it to our imaginary sponsors, Mr. Pavko? Of course, throwing it over to Blue Jeans in Gdańsk. So, Blue Jeans uh, offer code Flurza15 still stands. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we made it up, but if you ever go to Gdańsk and you go check out Blue Jeans Bar, uh, authentic, uh, authentic American cuisine, mm, um, say that, yeah, Mateusz, Mateusz from Canada sent you over. That's exactly what I was going to say. All right, friends. We'll be right back with the question and answer mailbag. Don't go too far. All right, ladies and gentlemen, or Jechi, as we start in the beginning, welcome to the Q&A, a.k.a. the mailbag. And I will start you off because we got some nice questions, mainly coming in from Reddit this week. Thank you to everyone who has asked their question, provided support. It's nice that we also get to interact with you and talk to you um, within uh, the questions that you ask. I think it's always, always really, really cool. And then um, people always say like, oh, probably they won't answer that and we can actually answer it in the thread, which is, which is the best. I think we did that last week. Yeah. But yeah, without further ado, let's start with one of the moderators from Reddit, Mlakas. Um, and the question is about an amount because we had the big announcement, which we didn't cover. Um, I think we should make probably like a separate episode about that. What are our predictions for the next uh, that's Witcher a good, game? That's a good idea. Maybe I would love to get Slama on. That would be a really yeah. cool thing. Maybe we can go ahead. I don't. And... I don't think he'll 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 spill any beans because uh, everything everything's very hush hush right now. He, he might be um, like he might big time us. He might be like he's a he's a, a big deal right now, right? He yeah. might be just like who the hell is this guy? Uh, I'd be like, hey, it's it's Bird and flag like who like pardon me that might happen who knows no we're still we're still tight and good with jason like we we still um talk from time to time so everything is everything is good if we need jason on jason will probably you know he'll 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 cut us in line from all the big you know ign game spots and all those he'll he'll just make make place for flurs a podcast like we we have high priority here i love him yeah Plus, you know, me working for CDPR is always much easier <laughs> just let's, to, to actually go like, hey, this is this is important. This is, you know, this is the most important PR stunt that, that we're going to do. <laughs> so the question is, <clears throat> speaking of the new Witcher game that was uh, teased this week, would you like to see Gwent in the next Witcher game? If yes, should it be closer to current Gwent or just a copy of Witcher 3 Gwent? And before we answer that, I would like to say that I have no visibility when it comes to uh, Gwent in the new Witcher game. So these are going to be 100% my and Flake's, um, let's say, predictions or um, opinions of what it should be but they're not based on facts especially mine totally not based on facts i did not check this i did not do any research i did not talk to jason just putting that out there so people don't say like oh buja said that and that's for sure that's that's canon that's gonna happen 
Um, so, would you like to see Gwent in the in the Witcher game? Like, you probably don't care about R- RPGs, so <laughs> not. <laughs> it's uh, like whatever. I, I'm like this close to getting uh, Dark Souls slash Elden Ring, trying to get into those. Uh, okay. I hear a lot of good things about those, but I, I've said this many times. I know nothing. I've read one Witcher book, which was enjoyable, but um, I haven't played any of the Witcher games. I played Witcher one for about thirty minutes. I just don't like RPGs for the most part, not because they're bad, but because it's a commitment that I am not typically content making. But I do actually have an opinion on this, and I would not like to see Gwent or any iteration of Gwent in the new game. I think that it's they should do something different as a side side game. I think that's what they have to do. (laughs) But implementing Gwent into Witcher 3, it might be a nice little kick in the pants for the game to for for like from that perspective of saying, like, hey, check out Gwent. Like it's it would be good for Gwent, I think, but at the same time, the the amount of you know, potential feather ruffling that might occur if, if that version of Gwent is different and people prefer it or don't like it or this or that. Well, why is it like this? And why isn't it like this? And why can't we get this card in here and this and that and whatever? Gwent already existed in a Witcher game, and I think that's perfectly fine. But there's, I think it's time to move on to to perhaps something, a, a different type of mini game that, you know, could be just as impactful as Gwent is. I'm not saying it has to be a card game, but maybe it's something different. And I think that rehashing that kind of stuff it doesn't always it never works out it's like the sequel's never better than the original usually for the most part other than like the terminator or like empire strikes back or whatever but ultimately that that i think that is so good it is so good but i think it's it's time to sort of just move move along i'm happy that with with each episode we agree more on stuff like together perfectly like soon we will probably also agree like what's our stance on standard rotation like i think we will get to a point where we're 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 like the borg we're we're as one yeah so uh, i think yeah we're the hive mind yeah i have to agree like whatever whatever we ever do now with gwent we're always compared to gwent in the witcher 3 and i still see people saying like oh that game was far much better than the than the new ccg multiplayer thing that they're doing but they're like two different games they're two different games you cannot compare them and i feel like if we ever wanted to make a gwen 2.0 it would always be compared to the previous one and then we'll be like the previous one did this better but then back in the better days this was better but then in the open beta this was better so you will get infinite comparisons between what the game should be how it should play what should happen and it's not doing any justice to to the current Gwent. It would be nice to have a lot of Gwent Easter eggs and kind of nods going towards the standalone game and the multiplayer game, but it would not be cool to have like a new version that would be compared to what we have as the multiplayer or for that to be even compared what was in The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt because that for some people I think will always be the you know the pinnacle of Gwent gameplay the best one nothing can compare whatever you guys do you just have to like go back to that one make it one to one like the opinions here will be going from one side to another but I feel like just trying to make it uh something similar or something different I don't think it's doing any good for anyone else I like of course uh, any type of like additional games which are added within a game especially in an RPG that you can do for fun I'm not the consumer of these things because when I, I play an RPG I try to uh, go through the main storyline plus some side quests which might have a cool like which tell a cool story that will stay with me and that I can reflect upon that's really cool I am not the type of person that will play a game in order to 
um, you know, just do the just do the game within the game. Like it's, I don't think it's it's, it's for me. And I know there's a lot of games that try to do this, and I think it's 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 for a specific audience and crowd. Uh, for me, if I want to play a card game, I will play a card game outside the RPG. If I want to play an RPG, I want to play the RPG and I want to focus on the story and I want to like stick to that one thing. Right, great question. Thank you, Malakus, from awesome question from Reddit. Yeah, great stuff and good job on the moderation. We appreciate your efforts, my friend. Uh, next question from Serene Shireen, uh, who is this is a, a big one. This is a big one. This is a this is a Flurza question. This is what yes. we want. Uh, like if, if you're listening to this and like, how do I get my question guaranteed to show up on the show? Well, there's two ways. Number one is ask something that gets downvoted to hell. That's definitely one way to get my attention. The other is to ask a question like this. Serene Shireen asks, "Is a hot dog a sandwich?" That is dum dum dum. So. Mr. Pavel Burja, is a hot dog a sandwich? I say yes, because according to the Oxford Language Dictionary, because I was thinking about this on my bike ride for two hours, <laughs> two hours I spent on this, is a hot dog sandwich. Um, so an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with a filling between them eaten as a light meal. I say a hot dog fills into that. The question is, you have two pieces of bread, kind of, but they're kind of, you know, depends how the hot dog, like normally they're they're done in a way where nothing falls out of it. So it's one piece. Can a one piece though be That's, still I see, this a is, two pieces of bread or is it one yeah. piece of bread and a filling? All right. Like so th this is maybe it's a pizza then, right? <laughs> Precisely. This is why you and I are, are becoming the Borg together because I had the exact same thought as you. And I didn't go in. Uh, first of all, I don't go on two hour bike rides. I don't go on one hour or one minute bike rides, but I do spend a lot of time thinking about dumb garbage like this and here's the deal if a if you've gone to any major sandwich place and you order a sandwich they take the fresh bun or the fresh piece of bread the six or 12 inch or whatever they just cut a slit in it they spread it open they jam the stuff in there and they call it a sandwich and that is a sandwich so what is a hot dog is a hot dog a sandwich but i get the that the fact that the oxford dictionary said two pieces of bread it's not two pieces of bread it's one piece of bread with like kind of like this trench in the middle that you yeah. fill with delicious goodness i am gonna say that a hot dog is in fact a sandwich and for I the same so myself too. for the same reason that a philly cheesesteak is a sandwich for the same reason that yeah. like you know um cheesesteak mm, right good. or like a, a veal comparison. parm sandwich is a sandwich because of the that bun that bread you go to subway you go to any of these places quiznos or whatever the hell else you have around you you open that bad boy up you, you put stuff in it it's the same deal my friends a yep. hot dog is a sandwich and if you're and you saying get to choose a lot of toppings on them so yeah damn right. sauces and stuff like that if you think it's not you're lying to yourselves friends go look exactly. at yourself go look at yourselves in the mirror and, and rethink your life so we solved that for you easy so you the, from now on you know hot dog is a sandwich and you can get one at Blue Jeans. Yes, we firmly <laughs> stand by that. Remember, Blue Jeans, uh, for sure they 15. have hot dogs, 100%. Uh, all right, next up. Next up uh, by T. Lolliet. Um, Do you ever feel superior to the CCG competition around you? I love this question because this is, this is a, a very 
pendulum swinging feeling I have sometimes where some some days I feel like I'm unstoppable and that nobody can beat me. And some days I feel like there is absolutely no way I can cobble together or stitch together a win. And um, this is part maybe of like imposter syndrome and such. But uh, I, I most recently I, I've performed exceptionally well in a very high level tournament scene uh, wherein um, I, I was I I got but declined a pro tour invite for flesh and blood so mainly because I'm on the casting team and I'm, I would rather cast than play but I had the opportunity to have a pro tour invite I could have been a pro wow. a real pro and I said and I kudos to you for yeah, that and we did uh, I, I, I basically cut a deal with somebody who really wanted it who was in contention with me so they have it and they very much deserve it but I only feel superior playing CCGs if we're talking about Gwent specifically. When I load in and it's like Ursine Ritual and someone drops a Ceres and they're playing Lippy, oh, you best believe I feel <laughs> superior. I feel superior in the card game. I feel superior morally. I feel superior from in a s- spiritual perspective. Every little aspect of my life just gets this nice little chakra boost, this chi boost where I'm like, I feel superior. But in reality, it's hard to feel superior when my when I'm... I'm casting matches where the best in the world, the Colomones, the the Tailbots, the 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 Pieables, the you know, um, when they're slinging cards and you are just feeling like you're like wow, like this is yeah. impressive. I it is it is nearly impossible for me to feel superior. However, when I'm on ladder and I I call a play and I I see the lines and Twitch chat is arguing with you and you're like hold on a second patience 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 there's a plan here and then it works out for instance yesterday yeah. uh i was i streamed and i played a bunch of games and there was some people who were like why are you doing this just do this now just do this now and i'm like no hold on there's a reason why we're holding off mm-hmm. and when the payoff occurs you feel good so in those situations i do kind of feel but superiors has a negative connotation to it i feel validated i feel yeah. uh i feel you know worth it i feel you know good enough so to speak yeah for me hardly ever to be to be very very precise like i've get to also like flakes uh, see you know some of the competitors that we have in our official tournaments play the game on such a high level that i know i won't be av- ever able to reach that level um i would have to just pretty much quit my job and start playing gwent competitively in order to 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 get to that um uh, let's say high level of competitiveness um maybe i feel i don't i also don't feel like i feel superior but there are places where i feel that i know how to pilot a deck because i've played so many games with it that i am pretty much and i know the meta that's that that within like the deck is within the meta and i know what the meta is about i'm more or less able to anticipate what's going to happen that's where i feel comfortable playing in um uh, with the competition that is around me um i feel like maybe i when we used to have internal tournaments when i used to be playing the game like very very a lot um there were a couple you know tournaments that i felt like you know i was i was at the top there but then there's always someone who will surprise you with something or will do a wacky play or will come with a crazy wacky deck which you haven't played against so but this is really cool and this is also something that you learn about i also feel like maybe not superior but i also feel good 
when I can reflect on a match that I just played and I know that I lost because I either didn't draw into something or my opponent had, you know, godlike hand or had all the answers or had the removal or had whatever. But I know that, you know, I played well enough and I executed the game plan the way I wanted. That makes me feel good about myself in terms of like playing the game. So that kind of validates uh, how I how I have played and I'm happy with it. But it's never like 100% that, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm superior here coming in to destroy everybody. I don't think I have that. I don't think I also have that in my personality uh, to feel that. I get competitive, but now I kind of get more competitive also when I'm when I'm riding a bike. Like I know, like I I know that I can drop someone, for example, or I know that, and then I'm also surprised if someone can drop me. But then, you know, this competitive nature from it is 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 fun. It's good to test yourself, but I feel like you never should feel like. You're 100 superior. I think it's good to like be humble in this sense because there's always something that can surprise you. There's also something that can always change. Sometimes you just might get terrible draws, and then you might, you know, not execute the way you want to, and that should not make you feel, you know, if you're superior or not. But it should just make you make you feel good about the plays that you that you made. Like Tailbot can feel like he's superior, you know. And, <laughs> and this weekend in Indianapolis, as I was calling the, the that excuse me that major tournament. We interviewed the winner afterwards, and it was, and he was the first person to win two of these major, mm -hmm. huge events. And the the person interviewing him, uh, a, a, an amazing card game uh, caster by the name of uh, Brian Gottlieb, asks uh, asks this competitor by the name of Michael Hamilton, and says, "All right, l you know, last question: Who is who is the greatest, or who is the currently the best player at Flesh and Blood in the world?" And he kind of like, and this guy was incredibly humble. He was always humble, very hardworking, very focused. Didn't didn't crave spotlight. That's not his jam. But he kind of mm -hmm. just looks and he says, "Well, who else has won two of these?" And it was like, "Yeah, like that's that, Good. like you know, at a boy, like that's what I like to yeah. see." Creating. I mean, if you're if you're on the broadcast team, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for a personality, and you're looking for people who are say about you know who are comfortable enough to say like well i've won two of these so who do you think right it's it's nice and it gives some more personality to that to that player so all the kudos to to him for saying that damn right all right next one coming from Hoonlord, i believe on reddit now this is a second wave of questions because the first wave of questions was basically your laundry list of standard procedure <laughs> which was balance premium tokens, tokens. uh <laughs> golden necker project and and that kind of stuff so i did answer the all classics. those i did answer all those questions on there and uh he did follow up kindly with with some more so we'll pick out a couple here real quick because we only have about 10 more minutes but we're gonna go with uh, according to this uh, he asks uh, should there be more cards which will give rupture status um my opinion on this is that rupture status, I think, is something that should not be overplayed. Uh, I f like immunity, but I do believe that there should be another card, perhaps, that can dish out rupture status. I think that that mm -hmm. significantly, that is a very underlooked element in the card game. It's another status effect that's, that's really limited to one piece. But I, I love this status because it can be exceptionally detrimental but it has it gives an, a, a player an opportunity to work around it, and I, I think yeah. that there should be more. But it should not be like, oh, this is the this is the rupture uh, card drop. You know, this is the rupture yeah, expansion. Yeah, yeah, totally not. I don't I don't know. We could like I don't think we could you know 
build like a full archetype around this and I think that would be good in any sense so no but I think um, you know a tool or two would, wouldn't wouldn't hurt right yeah uh, also asking real quick here will there be new hero abilities or adjustments to existing ones uh, this is always um, I think that the adjustments to existing ones you could probably hang your hat yeah. on the fact that that's always going to happen that balance will, that will always happen for sure um, but new hero abilities is a fascinating one and the reason why I think that this might this might not be, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know, Pavel, but if you introduce a new hero ability, you need to introduce six new hero abilities because you need to have a yes. new one for all the factions. It needs to be fair in that regard. But I believe that it could be something perhaps that, you know, in, a, in the major, if there was a major sort of release next year for the game, I think that introducing a new leader ability for all of them could be fascinating would be nice but <clears throat> this owes back to the fact that it does throw six enormous curveballs into the balance equation yeah yeah fully agree here like if we if we wanted to do one that wouldn't make sense it would be nice to do um new leader abilities for all of the factions and all of them introducing something fun and cool um and then it would make sense but when it comes to also adjusting like these are things that we've been doing on a on a monthly basis like when it comes to like the ability itself like the amount of counters you have or the the, the way that it changes the provision of your of your deck i think that's something that is constantly happening and that will be happening especially that there are some i kind of agree there are some that kind of have fallen behind and uh, they can get some love and they can either get some love with either new tools being introduced like in April, uh, we're going to have uh, a card drop. We're also going to be showcasing most of these these cards uh, through, like all of these cards through the upcoming Gwent Open, which is just a week away. And um, yeah, like that's, that's also probably going to enable some things that are currently in the game and maybe enable some leaders. So... I would, I would just uh, keep my eyes open because for sure things will happen. But yeah, when it comes to introducing new leader abilities, like Flake said, we'd have to do six at once, ideally. And all of them would have to kind of play around uh, with each other, get pitted against each other, counter each other. But still, I feel like even if we did that, they would, like you said, it would change a lot of how the game is currently being played. All right. Uh, the next question is one I think that we would actually, I, I would be down if you are, Pavel to do of a course. whole a whole episode on like yeah you, this is this is a topic for a full episode all right so this comment this question was asked by Ziad Neo asking can you please comment on the latest decline in Twitch streamers and the usual streamers branching out or leaving completely this is a conversation that I I I can easily dump twenty minutes of conversation on and I know that you can too so I think that this will be the uh, focal yeah. point of next so we're not dodging this question by any means it's a sensitive topic we'll just get back to it and give it like full full on exposure because. It is a topic that we can talk about for a long time and it's also I think a topic that I feel like we can have a lot of input based on the fact that we've been with Gwent for such a long time that we've seen people come and go and we can totally address this in a separate episode and kind of say like what motivates uh, content creators in order to uh, go into maybe variety streaming or change the title which they're currently playing and the, 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 the numerous things that kind of go into the decision-making moving forward. So yeah, it's a good question, but I feel like it deserves 
a bigger spotlight here. When it comes down to it, I think in terms of OGs who are still streaming, who are there and drink and streaming the game in closed beta. I mean, I would I like. I guess I'm an OG. Am I a streamer still? Maybe. I mean, I still stream on occasion, but I mean, streaming never worked out for me. I mean, I've been doing. I've been streaming Gwent for four years, five years, and I've never really. It, it's never really taken like it's taken off for me in the regard that it has given me enough or it's given me a, a nice opportunity to expand my my passions for broadcasting into other fields like casting and and, yeah. and etc but uh, streaming for me like that one thing and we'll, we'll dive into this in the episode but I, I need to let people know that streaming if you even if you have a thousand viewers you're not paying the bills you're not you're absolutely not. So get that out of your out of your minds. It's streaming, yeah. being a successful streamer is like being a successful uh, athlete. There are millions of athletes out in the world, but only the smallest percentile yeah. who are getting rich off of it. So that is something that people need to get to get into their minds as well. Is that these streamers that you see with a thousand viewers, they're not they're they're not. It's not a. They're not making millions. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're they're maybe barely scraping by in terms of paying the bills off of something like that. But that means that they're streaming for eight to nine hours a day, and that isn't healthy sometimes. So yeah. we'll we'll get into that. Uh, all right, l- last one, Pavel Berja. What are your thoughts on card sets banned game modes? Oh. How am I supposed to understand this one by? Ego motive. All right. So this question is essentially, what are your thoughts on card sets banned game modes? That means that if there's a game mode or a format where certain sets are not legal. Sound Ooh. familiar, Pavel? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. And the down vote on this is what really, uh. that's what got me. So all of you people out there who are downvoting these types of questions, that's that's the dog whistle. That, yeah, that's the dog whistle that gets my attention for sure. Mm, that's the scent I pick up. Um so Ego Motive asking this, what are my thoughts on it? Well, we did a whole episode on it, and I got absolutely torn to shreds by the community. Again, for the record, I know that some people were tossing some arguments at me. Uh, okay, out of out of all of the people who responded to that, maybe 2% actually provided arguments against yeah. standard rotation. The n- other just nine- like, you're wrong. You're wrong, yeah. And to which I say, okay, yeah, erase. Not, you're insignificant, <laughs> don't care. Like, that's not an argument. That's just being stubborn. Um, yeah. But for the people who did provide arguments, the arguments, though well thought out and good, still were not convincing to me. And and um, so I will stand stand pat here that my thoughts, what are my thoughts on a card set's banned game mode? Bring it on. Bring it on tomorrow. Please bring it on tomorrow. Bring on a standard format. Bring on a wild, more legacy, all-expanding format. Bring on more limited formats. Bring on more formats. So card sets banned is just a, a, another way of saying some sort of standard format or standard rotation. I know people are going to be like, you're wrong and you're stupid and you're this and you're that. Yeah, no problem. I went to high school. I got called names all the time. Water off my back. Don't care. Move along. I'm standing by that. But that's my thoughts on that. Um, I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan because uh, I feel like it limits you. It limits you and the cards that you can you can play. I do not like when uh, card games do this, that some cards are banned in a given format because they're too good or they make the full format broken. Um, I feel like it's it, it, like going into banning cards and going into like limiting the cards that you can play in a given mode is just... 
Does it make sense? Plus, if you add more game modes, uh, that means you need to balance everything separately for those game modes. Like you, you play draft differently, you play differently on ladder, and then you have also uh, the seasonal modes, which we have in Gwent. And those are all played in a totally different way. So they themselves kind of um, uh, need to be thought out when it comes to balance itself. But then if you're introducing more game modes and then you're saying like, okay, this card can play, but this one can play because in this game mode or in this environment, it will not work. Then you're limiting the player base in, the, in, in terms of like what they can be actually playing with and using. So not a fan. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the limiting. And I also don't like the fact of taking stuff away from players. So these are things that I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of against because it just, it just feels bad. It feels bad if you own something and you can't use it and you can't play it because you're limited and I, I will always stand behind that so, you know yeah, that's you know my... what you know it feels bad the fact that we went through this whole episode fully assimilating ourselves into yes. board format and, and suddenly split the massive schism between all yeah. of us uh, yeah. all right well that's the episode ladies and gentlemen episode nine of the flurza experience and i will end this episode as i do every episode and say i love you pavel berja Love you too, buddy. Always awesome. Uh, and I love everybody in the Gwen community. So thank you for everyone who, or even if you're not from the Gwen community, but you're just a CCG fan and you tune into this podcast, I would like to thank you for your support, for listening in. And yeah, we get to have fun. Uh, I love that you guys still ask a lot of questions. And yeah, let's just keep this going for as long as we can because it's my way of hanging out with uh, my buddy here. And we talk about stuff that we love, which is nerdy nerdy card games and that's the thing that will continue for us for sure i'll say and thank you I, for the support i'll say that <laughs> i love like 98 percent of you all um because i have received hate mail in the past and i'll attribute it to about two percent of the community but uh, oh. uh people like to send me some pretty hateful stuff sometimes i'm like okay <laughs> it's like all right cool <laughs> it's just sometimes i get it and it's all good There's, i'll live another day <laughs> yeah it's, it's no problem stranger you got it uh and on that note friends don't forget um yeah uh, thanks for the question submit them anytime and uh, yeah don't forget that you're not losing if you're learning friends keep playing the card games you might win we'll see you next week on the flurza experience bye bye